Hello, welcome to We Have Issues. I'm Anthony. And I'm Sean. And every week, my best friend, Stevie Wildcard, and I get together and we do our best to overcome the various issues and obstacles that life throws our way. This week, this week, my beautiful, wonderful uh, co-host, my better half, isn't with me. Um, So we were fortunate enough to get, I know, but we were fortunate enough to get Sean. Uh, Producer Sean from the Don't Make It Weird podcast uh, was kind enough to join us. Welcome to the show, Sean. Thank you so much for for coming. Um, Sean, can you tell the people a little bit about yourself if they're not familiar with your show? Yeah, um, my name's Sean Holden. Uh, People know me as Producer Sean. I produce Don't Make It Weird, which is the writing, storytelling, comedy podcast for the writing community by the writing community. You can find us at DMIW Podcast on Twitter and on YouTube. That's where our uh, content is posted. And uh, my friends Daniel and Dina run the show uh, as co-hosts, and I kind of just pull the strings in the background and edit and all that stuff. So uh, yeah, new episodes every Monday. Yeah, it's dude, it's a fantastic show. And like, um, I was excited to talk to you because our show, for those of you uh, joining for the first time, welcome. I know it, it seems to be a show about uh, two guys making comic books. And, you know, you imagine we talk about comic books a lot. Not the case is the thing. <laughs> um, very rarely the case uh, somehow. I don't know how we've gotten we've gotten away with it, uh, but. But um, your show, similarly, you say, you know, it's it's for the writing community, by the writing community, which is accurate. But I also feel like it it feels the more and more you watch it just like somewhere you want to be, you know, like it's just like a, a group hang where you play games and have a good time. And it's just yeah. something that's enjoyable to be a part of and just, uh, you know, to consume. Uh, and I, I feel like our show is similar in that way, with you know, for a lot of people like who have no knowledge at all of comic books, you know, like we have... We have people who have listened to our show who have like who've, who've messaged me directly but like hey i know nothing of comic books but like your show made me kind of want to check them out a little and then i've had people who are like i have no interest in comic books and i still don't but your show makes me laugh and i'm gonna keep watching i was like yes both of these are like totally appropriate and i love it so much so like i don't know i'm sure you guys uh i don't know what kind of messages and stuff you guys get but i know you're pretty popular in the writing community and a lot of people uh, seem to freaking love your show so much. Uh, but what that, what's that been like just from start, like running that kind of thing? Well, <clears throat> as you know, and uh, I don't come from a writing background. I'm not mm-hmm. a writer. I'm not an author. Um, I'm not even much of a reader, to be honest. I read comic books. Um, yeah, not with that, but, attitude, Sean. Uh, <laughs> uh, my friend Daniel came to me and said, uh, hey, uh, I'm trying to start this writing podcast. And, you know, me and this person dina like recorded a phone conversation and now how do i give it to the world yeah how do i like put it out there so people can watch it or or actually it was just audio at the time mm-hmm. how can we let people listen to this and so i got roped in that way and um as a result i've become quite aware of the whole writing community and like what it takes to publish a book and like the different types of genres and tropes and like all kinds of stuff about writing and reading and literature that I never thought that I would know about. And um, I think a lot of people that watch or listen to our show aren't necessarily a writer, although most of them are. Um, And I know a number of people who just watch it because it's fun. Like you said, it feels like you're just hanging out with your friends. Yeah. Um, And our show to your, to your point as well, is like 75% not really directly about writing or storytelling, although a lot of it is about storytelling. I think um, half the time we're interviewing someone who's a, who's a writer themselves, who has published something. So that's really focused on that. But when when it's just the three of us, it's mostly just us having fun. And then we kind of shoehorn in a 10 minute discussion about serious writing topics in the middle of it to, you know, stay on the writing thing, but we tell stories every time. So really at the heart of it, it's about storytelling. And I think everyone can, relate to storytelling yeah i i think uh we similarly like our show ends up being about storytelling and our mm-hmm. story the way your show is about your stories you know and it's like you guys always have that you have that running joke about stealing our uh accountability buddy you know bit yeah. as general and that's because that's, that's allegedly what allegedly allegedly but pe- yeah. you know pe- people show up because um or i think that's part of my concern uh for us and that's i kind of wanted to ask you about this but um people showed up initially to watch our uh our journey toward making our first ever comic book and like you know will they won't they like you know they're there it's a kind of a tumultuous journey things are happening we have some issues a lot of issues along the way but we're trying to make our first book we've never done this before we're, we're trying our best so like watching that initial journey i think is like it was exciting for some people and they kind of like they stuck with us and they're like well, are these guys 
is it going to be able to do this? Oh my gosh. Now there's this whole like pandemic thing that's getting worse. And like, Oh my, you know, it's just like, are they going to be able to pull it off given all these obstacles? Uh, so it's like, I felt like there were more uh, reasons for people to root for us then. Whereas now I feel like yeah. uh, it's, it's, it feels for me or I'm scared that it's more on the rails where I'm like, ah, well now we're just making, you know, we're going through the motions, making comic books. That's why the show itself you know, is less about the making of the comic book because that stuff is just kind of automated at this point, you know? So I was like, yeah. crap, are people not going to be interested? So then I was like, I was wondering you know, for you was like, do you guys have a particular goal for the show? Or are you like, oh, we, we hope to get this many viewers, this many subscribers? Or like, you know, what, what's the what's your goal as someone who's not technically or hasn't been historically part of the writing community? Well, I can tell you that <clears throat> that goal has shifted a number of times throughout the show. I think initially Daniel and Dina, who were just aspiring authors at the time, yeah, um, both had their own manuscripts but hadn't published anything. Um <clears throat> they wanted to talk about writing as an author who is um, looking to get published eventually. And that's kind of where the conversation started. And obviously they've both been published a number of times now. So like yeah. it's changed, like that's not the focus anymore, but still at the heart of it, the storytelling thing and like the, the, uh, the wanting to get your work out there and wanting to be held accountable for what you're working on. Like, mm -hmm. To your point, like, yeah, you don't focus on the behind the scenes of making the book as much as you used to, but it's still a core part of the show and you still make sure to talk about it at the start and the end of it. Like, yeah. that's still something that keeps me invested in the journey is because, well, first of all, I'm a fan of the book. So, like, I want to know when I get to read the next one. Right, of course. <laughs> yeah. I know you guys are going to publish it. Like, where there was that, that investment early on where you're like, wow, they're really doing it. They're really going to put this thing out there and then you see you guys get a paper copy of the book and then it's like wow it's really real it's, it's in real. his hands like they're shipping it and now yeah. like now i don't question whether or not you guys are going to do that yeah. it's more like i want to be a part of that journey yeah and i freaking i love that dude i'm so glad and it's like it's been so cool like getting to know you guys and then actually becoming friends and like feel you know because that's uh for those of you who don't know, don't know steven and i have been on the don't make a weird podcast a few times uh, we've you know like i wrote a song for you guys and like you know like i've done all kinds of you know like silly little things um but not only that like early on like that that first episode that you mentioned with uh dina and daniel i remember like them sending that to me and be like hey is this a thing is this anything what do you think of this and i was just like oh yeah man you should definitely do this this is funny i love this and it was just so cool because like we barely knew each other then but they knew we had a podcast and we were doing this so it was like why you know why not you know contact me but because of that i you know became better friends with them and i met you and became better friends with you and it was just you know it's it's really cool to to kind of build these relationships with people this way uh that i never would have foreseen so much so that like you're the you were like the uh kind of finger flicking the dominoes that i was chaotically setting up in my life to lead to me making my first movie you know i mean like you're, you're the person like sean for those of you uh who don't know this story um i pitch silly uh movies on this show all the time i was just you know some ideas some ideas are ideas that i think it's very obvious that i actually want to do something with it where i'm like oh gosh this if this could only exist if only i had a budget and time and like the resources i would bring this to fruition immediately you know um and that's obvious and then there are other times where i'm like yeah, here's a Jean-Claude Van Damme vampire movie I, I'm not going to make, and I wouldn't make if you gave me a billion dollars, but yeah, I could, really? but I could, yeah. I mean, but I'm okay, guys, what I'm saying is we need to get the Jean-Claude Van Damme vampire movie <laughs> made immediately. The point is, yeah, <laughs> that's what this, <clears throat> so I pitched, I pitched a uh, comedy breakup vampire movie called Stakeout. And I, I, I liked it a lot. And I was kind of talking about it and how I'd like to do something with it and just kind of like went on the back burner, like, you know, <laughs> like ideas often do. And then Sean, Sean uh, messaged me and he, he showed me that there was going to be a screenwriting contest that Kevin Smith was hosting uh, for short films. So I was like, well, I have a whole history, like a whole itinerary, you know, like an inventory of silly ideas I can, I can pull from. So I was like, which one would I do? So I, I wrote it. I wrote the stakeout uh, because of, you know, the thing that Sean showed me. I wrote a script and then I posted it. I got in top nine. I got in top 10. I was number nine 
very close to, to not making that massive deal. That's so huge. But dude, I was so excited. It was like it was it was it meant a lot to me to like it meant it meant a lot to me just to get it done and then to actually get in top nine. I was like, yes, this is a thing, you know. Um, but then beyond that, I was like, why not just make it, you know? And that's you know, I like I I need to just make it. And it's now it's evolved and it's become this. Uh, it's become this feature film, you know, that's 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 in the works and actually feels more tangible, even though I have nothing to hold right now, you know, just, just like I, I need to print out the script. I think that would feel good. I need like a I need something, you know. Yeah. Um. But yeah, dude, I can't wait. And you helped, you know, you helped us with our, uh, you know, our live script read, which was so much freaking fun. I just that was I, a lot of fun. Yeah, dude, I, I love that. Um. But yeah, you're the reason I, I freaking I did all that. So thank you, <laughs> you know, um. But yeah, you're kind of you're like look at you. You just you show up out of nowhere on on Twitter, and you're bringing you're bringing these people all together. You're you're helping me achieve my dreams. You're helping the writers in the writing community achieve <laughs> their dreams. Like, so Sean, um, I just have to ask you, um, who are you really, Sean? Who are you really? I uh, I didn't I didn't think I'd be put on the spot like this. Um, <clears throat> who am I really? Uh. I'm just a dude that likes to make stuff and um, have a good time with my friends. And uh, that's kind of what I do. Um, I've done it with don't make it weird. I've done it with your show with um, critically stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, I, I like to contribute and I like to feel a part of cool stuff. And um, so, yeah, that's kind of what drives me. And um what it boils down to is making cool things and that could be movies or books or podcasts or videos or trailers or graphics or whatever it is uh, that I can get my hands on. Um, Mm -hmm. I like to be a part of it. So. Yeah, dude. I, and like you are uh, like, you are like intimidatingly good at the producer part of all of that. And like the, the putting this stuff together, like for me, I I am very much a like I I don't work very well with other people uh like in our with artistic projects because I'm such like a random improviser and like I figure it out as yeah. I go and like for me I'm a, I'm okay with just like uh you know trial and error you know like I will throw like paint on a wall knowing I can paint over it and try again you know but if someone else is there like like it's hard for me to uh reconcile that and be like oh no no no, no I don't this isn't absolute I'm just throwing this there because I don't ah crap and it just feels weird um so I can I, like I created the overlay for our show uh but like you you have all that stuff going live you have like a soundboard that you use live with like effects and all this stuff and like those are the sort of things that like i think are super cool and you know like i like i add like silly pictures and stuff but that's all like after the fact like where i'm like okay here comes a lobster i'm gonna do this i got this i'm gonna figure (laughs) out how to make a lobster go across the screen you know (laughs) but like for you you know like watching your show and i was like you know stuff is it's live and then you know you have you have multiple uh overlays and like you know different people being added at all different times and you have like sound effects and all this cool stuff and it's like are those um are those skills that you've had for a long time or skills that you've acquired for this particular job i would say both um I always want aspired to do something in the streaming or like podcasting realm. I just never had like an idea that I thought would stick yeah, or like uh, a group of people to do it with that. Like, Oh God. Yeah. Would, uh, you know, feel the same way about it. Um, like I had a, a stream deck already, but for not really any purpose other than to like play a funny sound effect, like in discord voice <laughs> chat with my friends. Like it wasn't a, streaming thing or anything like that is kind of overkill for what I was using it for really. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I started producing, don't make it weird. I knew that, well, I, I started using sound effects because I knew it would make Daniel break. Yeah. And like most of the time I know how to make Daniel laugh. And I especially like to do that when it's super inappropriate to laugh, like during a, a super serious thought, you know? Oh yeah. Um, and so like, I try to not use the sound effects too much, but like when I do use it, I'm trying to like get everyone in the room to break. Yeah. Oh my God. And it's, oh, it, it works and it's so good. And like the voice modulation is so good every time. And I used that as a joke. Like one time that, yep. that uh, Dina was telling a story 
Mm-hmm. And then we've just done it every time since then. That's like you asked earlier, like, what's the goal or what, what are we trying to do? Right. Every single thing that we do on the show, it, I know you think it's like planned because we have a rundown. Like right. we, we have bullet points of everything we're going to touch during the show. But like every single thing we've created, every tradition, every segment we've created or borrowed from somebody else has yeah. just been done mostly by accident along the way. And then if we like it, we just bring it back again next week. And that's yeah. why we have 20 segments every week. Yeah. Yeah. It's, <laughs> because, it's just, yeah, just like a natural selection, like over time it's it's not something that we ever sit down and brainstorm this shit it just happens or daniel is a chaotic brain who will just be like it'd be really funny if we did this and he'll say that in the moment and then we'll do it and it'll work or it won't work and then we'll just do it again next time yeah so for for anyone watching this far in the episode who hasn't seen don't make it weird go watch some of the episodes and so you you know these people because daniel is Daniel is like a low key hero of the show. And I just love him so much. Like he's because, he, you know, he's 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 such an easy foil for everyone. And like your relationship with him, because, you know, the two similar to how Stephen and I have known each other forever. You've known Daniel for a long time. So it's like you two have a relationship that you can't really fake. You know, it's it's this right. really fun kind of combative relationship. Well, not even combative. It's just you and Dina just drilling like just the way you guys batter Daniel sometimes gets me every and like he's such a good sport about it and yet while being somehow like the easiest target but also like the most appropriate to offend like I don't it's such a weird thing because it never feels like punching down and he's so good about all of it and he's also just genuinely funny all the time you know so just yeah he's just one of those like like daniel comes across as just like such a a, a, i don't like a a sly like charming person like it's it's it's, it makes you want to be his friend like it makes you love him like he is a freaking golden retriever it's crazy i've known him since shit we've been friends for over 25 years now yeah oh my and yeah um he's always been that way yeah oh it's i mean Obviously, he's matured a little bit over the years, but um, he's always had those personality quirks. He's always been very funny. He's always like been a good sport about being the punching bag and like almost yeah. revels in it. Like he 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 finds like that so funny that like he almost wants to like create those scenarios where yeah. like he's setting people up to do it, you know. Um, and he, he's just got that that quick. His brain's faster. And somehow simultaneously slower in his mouth. <laughs> it's it, I don't know how to describe it. I mean, like, that was kind of perfect though. It just works. He's so he's so quick and yet so slow at the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, uh, he's he's uh, my best friend. I've known him forever, and um, it, it brings me great joy to do this uh, with him every week. And Dina, um, despite the headaches that he causes in production. Oh. But. Yeah, I, I bet. It's uh, I mean, it's such a fun show, though. Like, I know you guys, you know, you say you have so many segments, but like some of them have become like absolute staples of every episode or almost mm-hmm. every episode. You know, like the cringy copulations makes me makes me laugh every single time. I've never watched one and been like, oh, that was a lame one. You know, like even the shorter ones, it's just like there's always something there's always something good. And, you know, for those of you who haven't seen the show, they have a segment called cringy, cringy copulations where they find real life for the most part, but you know, real life, uh, you know, examples of erotica that are just the worst, the worst writing of all. To, like, just I, I can't. It, it's a situation in which I can't imagine it awakens anything in anyone aside from just ooh, like just like the weirdest cringe. And it, it it's yeah, I can't. Like, and I know, I know, I know. I'm old. I'm old enough. I'm smart enough. Uh, I, I'm I'm wizened now, Sean. I know that everything yeah, is yeah. someone's favorite something. I know that. I know that. Yeah. I know that like someone has watched like the movie Clifford, you know, with Martin Short and been like, this is my favorite movie. Like that's that's uh, someone yeah. that is someone's favorite movie. Now it could be because it's like a you know subjective association they have with like, oh, I watched it with my dad or whatever it may be, but it's someone's favorite movie. <laughs> and that being said, the absolutely bonkers like sex scenes and you guys are even on there there's someone's bad like cup of tea that's someone i mean somebody published that 
No, no, like, I know. I mean, like everyone has to have their particular dousing rod when they're writing that sort of thing, right? I imagine yeah. it's like Mr. Garrison in a South Park, just like you know, you you write what works for you, right? So I every time yeah. you guys read one of those, I imagine this author is really into having their testicles stapled or whatever yeah. thing you guys are doing. And I'm just like, this is bonkers and I love it. And it's not me at all, but it's making me laugh. And I just, I'm so glad you guys introduced that. And it's so funny. And it, it, it's doubly funny knowing that like at least some of your parents will listen to the show. Like I like knowing that Daniel's mom will listen yeah. to the show. Daniel's mom watches every week. Yeah. And- that's why if you watch, he often says, sorry, mom, at least once an episode, because he knows she's going to watch. <laughs> and like, it gets me because I remember like thinking that because when we recorded our episodes and I had to say the word come like 16 times or whatever. 75 like, times. Yeah. yeah, it was so funny. I was just like, I'm so sorry. Everyone's mom. Oh, I'm God. sorry. I'm so sorry. It was it was amazing. That was, that was so much fun. Yeah, um, we ask our guests to read the cringy copulation when they when they visit wow. our studio. So Anthony and Stephen have read a number of them um, to our audience, and we ask them to do it without having any previous knowledge of what's that's in the, the text. Yeah, that's the best part. So they read it for the first time out loud to our audience. God. Yeah, we've we don't we've had a few moments in your show where I've just been like this is incredible. Like, I, like, you know, like the few people who will watch this are like better and like, they're going to enjoy this. Cause it's, it was really, yeah. and I, I love that about your show. And I love that. Like Steven and I like stumble into those moments every once in a while where I was like, where I'm like, just for me in the future, or, like my, my, my child in the future, like I can't, I'm glad this is, it, this exists. I'm glad we've saved this moment just so I can, you know, like I'll return to this. Cause like, there's no better, uh, you know, like scrapbook than some of these episodes that, you know, that you've done or like that, you know, that we do. And I'm just like, do you guys ever, th- do you think about that? Cause I know you're, you know, you're a parent. Like, do you think about, uh, you know, your, you know what it's going to be like like as you get older and like your your children you know like all of you and your children like visiting the show and seeing the country populations and just all but all of it really do you ever think about it yeah i mean i've thought about it i my daughter's 11 and um she's almost at the age where like she'll be watching you know more mature stuff Mm -hmm. and like um she she uh, we've watched some things together that maybe I, in the moment when certain things happened on screen, I was like, Oh God, like forgot. Yeah. I, yeah. I showed her clueless recently Yeah, because yeah. we've been watching movies that I loved when I was her age. Yeah, that's the best. I love. And movies, of course. I had, I love clueless. I hadn't watched yeah. it in years, obviously, but like, um, you know, there's some off color jokes and there's yeah. like her trying to seduce Jason Priestley's right. doppelganger. who's actually <laughs> yeah. gay. Yeah. Yeah. Like, so like she might ask me questions and stuff about that every once in a while. And I, I, you know, I, I treat her not like a little kid. Like I try to yeah, be mature about it, but like explain to her, like, you know, movies were different back then. Yeah. It is. It's interesting. Uh, yeah. I've gone through it. She knows that I have a podcast and she has never watched it. She knows that it's, she knows that there's um, mature content that she's mm-hmm. too young for, and she understands. Um, she does, however, like um, know who Daniel and Dina are, and mm-hmm. she like knows the basic concept of the show, and like she knows that you drew these little pictures <laughs> of us. Nice. Um, like so, she she knows about it, but like, yeah, she'll probably watch it when she's ready, uh, when she's older later on, and. I think it'll be a cool little look into like a creative outlet that her dad has. Um, yeah. She's a creative person too. And I, I know, I just know that she's going to want to stream video games or stream artwork or something yeah. at some point. Okay. Okay. Sean, I figured since you were, you were coming on the show, I would, I would, I, I would give the the people on online an opportunity to ask us some questions. So we're going to do a quick uh, questions from the colony bit where we just go through a handful of random questions. Cause I want to get, I want to, I want to feel, feel this out and see what people have for us. I, I think there are some good ones. That we're gonna questions get. from the company. Let's do it. Freaking love it, Sean. All right. So let's start with, um, Okay, so Daniel Quigley, <laughs> one of your best friends, says, "Never heard which, of him." Which favorite movie scene would be the most ruined by a well-timed wet fart? Oh God, so great, many, probably. Great question. I mean, obviously, like every rom-com moment where like they ha- make that connection, 
Like, you know, when like they're about to like, you know, the love is there. It's like, you know, when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with someone, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. <laughs> like, you know, like those moments are, are, I think, a given. But I think sad moments would make a good, mo- you know, a good one. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know why this came to mind, but like Robin Williams speech in Miss Doubtfire to the judge about how his kids are his heir that he breathes every day. Like, uh, yes, you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah, just pleading to the judge for, for better custody rights. And then he just rips a wet fart, like in one of those pauses. I mean, he says would be the most ruined. Right. So it's like, you know, like, what's it? My girl. He can't see without his glasses. Oh, God. <laughs> he can't see without his glasses. <laughs> just like the worst. That'd be terrible. Just unforgivable. Oh no. I mean, any like you can't handle the truth. (laughs) Yeah, basically any court scene. I mean, we're being honest. Any court scene would be amazing. Oh god. Wedding scenes, wedding scenes, court scenes, uh, any serious scene. Oh gosh, so good. Honestly, I feel like the type of rom com I'd be interested in, like a wet fart wouldn't ruin that lead up to a kiss moment because the yeah. person that yeah. I want to love and be with for the rest of my life would probably laugh yeah. in that moment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. That's I, <laughs> yeah. I mean the person you'd want to be with for sure. Um, Although I have to say, Sean, I've still at this ripe old age have never farted in front of anyone. And I feel like I just, I need to do it, Sean. I got Listen, get... but you do, you do. The moment that you rip ass in front of somebody you care about and they don't run away, that's yeah. when you know you found that person. I that, think that's that my problem. I think you're that forever like, person. I th- yeah, I think, I think that's, that was my problem. I think I needed to do that early on is like, that probably would have been like the last stepping stone in the relationship. Like, Oh no, she's gone. I, that, I dodged the bullet with that. Like I Neo, yeah. you know, like I, Hmm. The fart tricks. I gotta like, I have to start, I'm gonna start, <laughs> you know, it's. Listen, it's, it's a real relationship test. It's like, uh, it's like that thing that everyone's nervous about doing. And yeah. usually you do it by mistake the first time. And then there's that moment where every, your heart stops beating. And like speaking of the matrix, it's like bullet time around yeah, you. And you're just so like slow. looking at them and they're looking at you <laughs> and it's slow motion. <laughs> You know what's really funny, Sean, is like I'm I'm so conditioned now to not do it. I'm so conditioned now to like to stop myself that like I have to do like the crazy, like almost sociopathic opposite of that, where I'm like, yeah, this is gonna be the fart day. This is it. This is it. Like, yeah, this is the day. I have to plan it. I have to be like, we've been going strong. It's the one thing that you put on your calendar. <laughs> it's just and you don't even write anything, you just like draw a green cloud like a little tiny icon (laughs) (laughs) um i mean it has to happen at some point i'm gonna i'm 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 gonna work toward it sean one of these days all right so daniel also asked which non-action movie would make the best action movie if you included those elements and into it oh shit yeah um i need a moment for this one Mm -hmm. because like that's a good one my first thought um went to like musicals would be fun okay okay musicals would be fun right you know what i'm saying like i, I like i mean really anything <laughs> like anything could be happening with uh i mean although some musicals have action in them you know but i mean like mary poppins i mean annie suddenly something goes wrong you got some action going on <laughs> oh my god bunch of orphans jump somebody yeah <laughs> oh my gosh yes uh <laughs> One of the orphans ends up to be John Connor. It's just like, like oh, no, this is the best action movie ever made. This will come out tomorrow. And so will the Oh my God. Um, I feel like it would have to be like a, I, I keep in my head, I can't get away from like a lighthearted, like Disney movie. Yeah. Yeah. But like suddenly there's this dark turn and then like maybe there's an evil dude trying to fucking pull off a heist or something. And like, I don't know. Like I, I just see in a musical too. Like it would totally have to be a musical. Mm-hmm. God, I'm trying to think of like a, a, a really good specific example. And for some reason, my head keeps going back to Moana and I don't know why. <laughs> Moana. I, mean, I don't know I, why. I, I think the, the, the trouble with some of those is like they have action elements, but they're more like they're kind of subdued. Right. No, there's like, like they're, action they're moments, but there's yeah. not like it's not like there's a ton of fight scenes. Yeah. Like, it's not like you're going to throw anyone in know, that, into the expendables, you know, like, like yeah. dude, it's like Moana, but with semi-automatic weapons, you know what I'm talking about? I like, 
Like Moana, like you think she's going to grab the oar for her boat, but she swings a door open and it's an armory. You know what I mean? <laughs> just Bert Gummer <laughs> from Tremors. Just hand it <laughs> Gosh. Precisely. All right, let's see. Um, we've all seen Anthony dates robots, but we've never asked which fictional robot you'd actually date. Good question. Listen, uh, Daniel, Daniel, uh, listener, listener, uh, whoever you are. <clears throat> it's Daniel. It's a really, <laughs> really personal question. It okay. is. I'm going to say um, I, I don't know if I want to be uh, turned down by any robots, but I like the, the first one that came to mind was the really cool robot from Ex Machina. But also, I'm not going to try to date her. She seems like she wants to be all by herself and she should, be. <laughs> you know, like right, that's right, 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 right. You know, um, but she seemed cool. Like as far as like going out on a date and talking to her, I would love to hang out and talk to her, and, you know, uh, probably never see her again because she'd lock me in a room and I'd die, you know, of starvation or whatever. Right. Yeah, I don't. Oh, what other, what other robots are there? Let me. I'm. I'm trying to think of like. I mean, obviously, we can uh, the, the the Terminator Three uh, villain, but no, uh, yeah, she would absolutely kill you though. Yeah, she she. she um, yeah, I mean, it might be worth a death by snoo snoo. Um, I I could. Scarlett Johansson in Ghost in the Shell, that piece of shit. Yeah. I never watched that. I love Scarlett Johansson, but I never watched that movie. I probably, then don't watch that movie. How bad is it? I probably should watch it. I gotta watch it's it. Not, it's not good. It's not. Uh, I, it's not. I, it's not good. It's they get those movies so wrong. Like, I, I don't understand it. I Name don't understand. one good live action adaptation of an anime. Name one. Okay. 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 Um, Oh God, I can think of, I immediately thought of some real bad ones. Like I was like, there are so many bad you ones. You know why? Because there's no good there's ones, no Anthony. Good ones. There's none. No, I don't there's I don't, none. I don't think there are any good ones, are there? I no, no. I don't I not none Listen, come to mind. I've heard from some people that One Piece was good, but I've also heard from some One Piece like manga fans that they hate it. So like yeah, I'm gonna tell you, I I tried to I tried to get into it, and I could not. Like, I I started to, and like my son was like kind of into the anime, so I was like, yeah, I'll watch, I'll watch this. I I got so bored with it, like really, really fast. Just the whole tone of it wasn't for me. Uh, just the live action one. The the, the anime is fun. You know, it's goofy and silly, but also way too long. Uh, for me. But let me see. Uh, Fowler. What about? Asked, oh, go hold, ahead. On, hold on, one more, one more. Go. Ahead. L337 from Solo, a Star Wars story. I never saw it's, it. It's, oh, you didn't? I never got to see Solo. Was it worth watching? So, listen, I'm not going to say it's the greatest thing ever. But as a Star Wars fan, there were some really fun moments in it. You get to see the fucking Kessel Run, the right. legendary Kessel Run. Um, also, uh, fucking uh, Lando. Mm-hmm. What's his name as Lando? God, why can't Donald, I remember? Donald, so Glover. Donald Glover was fantastic as Lando, yeah. and his robot sidekick is L337. Okay. She's like the co pilot of his ship. I say she because her voice, she sounds like a woman, but you know, right. it's a robot. Um, and it's heavily implied that she has a romantic relationship with Lando. Ooh, okay. So I should watch this, is what you're saying. All right, I will. It might awaken something in you. I hope it does. I mean, it's worth watching if you like Star Wars. Like, there's some really lame moments in it, but there's also some cool moments in it. Overall, it was an enjoyable movie. But like, it's awesome. I think I I love Donald Glover. I I I mean, I honestly, of all the Star Wars movies that have come out, that's the one I've heard kind of the least amount about, but also Mm -hmm. the least negative about. You know what I mean? Like I, not to say it's the one I've heard the most positive about because I've heard positive right. things about other movies. I'm just saying, like I haven't heard a lot of complaints about Solo. I just literally didn't hear much about it. There's not many like memorable things about it. That's yeah. why. Like it's not. It's kind of just there. You know, yeah. it's yeah. it's a thing that exists. If you're <laughs> yeah. looking for a movie to watch one day, throw it on. Yeah, why not? Um, know that Donald Glover is far and away the highlight of it. Yeah, um, I mean he's. I love that dude. He's so awesome. and. They used that movie to set up like what was going to be a bunch of like these uh, Star Wars story movies. And I think it just didn't do well. So they just shit canned that idea. And I think it's all going to be series instead. So hopefully they kind of continue that storyline that they set up in that movie. But yeah, definitely watch it. Yeah, that'd that'd be awesome. It's it's so sad how we do that now. How if something isn't and I I'm super guilty of doing that in my real life. So I can understand how a huge corporation yeah, yeah. could be guilty of that. It would like, you know, more expensive, you know, uh, 
products and such. But like, yeah, it's so sad that if you don't see that immediate, you know, instant gratification of, you know, the something being paid off, right? you know, profiting as much as you'd like it to immediately, you just assume that it's a failure. I'm like, oh, gosh, you know, like, I can relate, but oof, you know, and I, whatever i i mean i know i do that with a lot of things i'm do that you know like i'm trying not to do that to do that with the streaming like i want to be like ah, i i'm i'm having fun streaming i don't really care what comes of that anyway so it's just kind of right. fun to do you have to just have fun doing it otherwise there's no point you know yeah exactly and that's i mean that's kind of how i feel about the podcast and stuff too where i'm like the podcast um i know it's becoming its own entity but it really exists as like a conduit for the comics and for like my friendship with steven just giving us a way to communicate and talk and like work through things but like there are moments where i'm like i need this to be more successful the podcast needs to, to make it you know but like oh, Dude, i've been in the red since day one i feel you yeah you know it's like but but i'm not gonna throw it out I'm not gonna throw it into the garbage like they do with all these star wars movies <sighs> daily says you owe me a poem you promised I am a poem daily. How dare you? Um, <laughs> you had one from Fowler. Did you skip the Fowler one? Oh, did I? Oh, I'm sorry. You're right. Uh, thank you. Uh, so Fowler. Fowler, you say, or you ask, you and Wildcard somehow get superpowers. Uh, what are your ideal powers and which one of you is the sidekick or would you be heroes in your own right? Sean, what do you think? Do you, who do you what think? do you think? Yeah. Well, <laughs> I feel like we'd be separate superheroes. I think like like we'd start working together. But we'd probably turn into separate superheroes. And then I think Steven would become a villain, is what I think would happen. I think you think it I'd think Steven would become Darth Jod. I think he would I think Steven would go full Sith. Um full and I Sith. Oh yeah. No, no, he would. And I love that would be him. the catalyst of his turn though. Like this is um, this is intriguing to me. Okay, so, so it depends on his power. Is is the like it depends on his power and what he gets, but I will say that Stephen will very quickly, very quickly, um, turn into just not having any patience for anyone, <laughs> and will will yeah I don't think I don't think Stephen would kill people I, I don't think he's gonna go Homelander and like like sh- shoot someone's head off but I think he will yeah. like bring people to a cornfield or something like he's not going to tolerate people just like existing in his space when he has superpowers so like I feel like. He's like he's slowly going to become that like kid from the Twilight Zone where it's like he has this whole like uh, kind of just region where people know. No, no, no. We don't talk about that guy. He's our God. In this, It will be a peaceful place. It'll be a wonderful <laughs> city, but it's going to be just fascist. Like it's just Stephen's going to rule it with an iron fist. And I can say this because he's not here to defend himself. So, <laughs> no. Um, and I. We'll do the exact same thing, but slightly to the left. <laughs> like I will. <laughs> it kind of, it kind of feels like this is just your your actual fears of Stephen leaving you because he's grown impatient of your antics. That's pretty much to what... fruition through the answer to this question. That's what it feels like. Yeah, that's that's what it is. I feel like Stephen's going to like recognize his own inherent uh, power and skill and be like, I don't need this goober. He's just going to leave you in a cornfield. Cornfield. And that's just what it is. He doesn't need me. No, see, I disagree with you. I think that you you might end up being reluctant uh, teammates I think, um, yeah. as you did in life, because as, as we know, your origin story, you didn't start out the best of friends, right? right. Same with me and Daniel. Um, we started out as enemies, enemies to friends, the, the, a very popular trope in literature. Yeah, I learned that. Um, <laughs> um, I think that you guys would start out as, as reluctant uh, partners and end up being super buddies like forever and ever. And I think that you would guys would trade off on who is the who's the sidekick we're switches like you know so yeah. we switch i yeah I, like i i could see that because i imagine like like you said like it would it would be like any classic like the classic trope of like you know the, the strong guy and the you know the the planner and the the puncher or whatever it is whoever depending on the powers we get depends you know that's gonna choose like who is what you know in what position but i feel like we're gonna not recognize uh, one another's um you know skill set as as much as we recognize our own and not appreciate it and then of course we're gonna have to learn to cooperate and how our skills complement one another and not you know negate one another you know um kind of like in real life how it's you know we i i do i do the i do the bare bones and steven adds meat 
uh, to it with his his drawings, and I add more uh, meat. We just keep adding meat. We're just a meat salad, is what we do. We just we make it's like, it's like you're like the pen and teller of superhero duos. Like you you do the talking, and yeah. he does the actual demonstration of the, the actual thing. magic. I like to <laughs> okay, Sean. I like to imagine that like he's the one that gets superpowers, but for some somehow I'm the one wearing the costume, and I'm just like yes, we <laughs> <laughs> like. I, I make him fly me around. You're on stage, like doing the, the motions, but he's behind the curtain he's doing the, the actual magic. <laughs> making things fly with his mind. Like I make him puppeteer me. So I'm just like, no, I am the one. Like, <laughs> I, can... <laughs> That's great. I, I actually really, I love the idea of like a, a super introspective, just like, um, like introverted superhero who like wants to save the day but doesn't want to be the face of the thing and does that it's so stupid. like uh uh this is a deep cut but that music video from blues traveler with john popper when he's behind the the curtain playing the harmonica and there's like some skinny <laughs> handsome person on stage playing pretending to play harmonica oh my god, uh, oh my god. yeah yeah what what happened to them are they are they still going blues travel i think they are also if I remember correctly, John Popper lost like 200 pounds. So he's, he? he's, 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 uh, he's, he's healthy now from what I understand. Wow. I don't know though. I haven't, obviously I'm not up to date on my blues traveler war. I haven't but... seen them in a while. Like the hook hasn't brought them back into my life, you know, like I hope shame. It's a shame. Um, all right, let me see. We, we have a, a couple, a couple more. Let me make sure. Um, okay. So the David Stoker asks, uh, he says, talk about the film that you want to make, uh, favorite scene, and if you had to cast the film with your least favorite actors. Shawshank Redemption. Oh, this is a new film. I'm sorry. <laughs> that's that's a film you want to make? You like Shawshank yeah, I, I want to make Shawshank Redemption. Don't make it the bit to make a Shawshank Redemption. <laughs> <laughs> like... Shawshank Redemption, but it's with my friends, and it's, it's, it's more the like Shawshank Redemption. Is the thing. <laughs> <laughs> I can see it. Um, also a super inappropriate movie to add wet farts to yeah uh -huh. <laughs> just yeah. all the scenes just um i can see it that would be oh my god i'm gonna remake shawshank redemption but like from the point of view of the people who worked at the prison and how much like their day-to-day -day and how much they hate coming to work it's just yeah it's, it's just like the office it's just gonna be shawshank clerks in the office clerks, yeah. and <laughs> but, I, but at shawshank I mean, yeah. I was imagining it was like Tina and Daniel as uh, Tim Robbins and Morgan Freeman. I don't. I'm not going to say who's playing. We're totally. Who. We're going to whiteface Morgan Freeman real quick. <laughs> I mean, it's the the only appropriate thing we could do. Listen, <laughs> Daniel was cast as Morgan Freeman. He showed up in blackface. We made him wipe it off. If you look really closely in the final cut, there's a little bit of black makeup. Like, Listen, he has Joker eyes. Hairline. This is super inappropriate. We need to stop this. Listen, we had a, a really low a, budget. Had a wet fart, and people will realize this is a comedy, and we're okay. But yeah, okay. So as far as like my movie, talk about the film I want to make. Uh, we talked about it a little bit earlier. We're going to be making yeah. a, a it's a vampire breakup comedy movie. You can watch the live table read of the short film version of it. Uh, it's you know down below in our you know our just a whole you know litany of episodes. Um, I is you know they ask about my favorite scene. I have a few favorite scenes that I've been like adding in over time now because I've been extending it and like I, I really like I added some flashbacks because I wanted to give the ex girlfriend character some more action and just like give it like have her on screen more so you get to know her before she makes her whole like debut as a a person you know. Um, but I have like a I have the, these like really fun flashbacks with her that I'm excited about. But also, I think the like there's a scene where. I don't know. Sean, do you know about the rice thing with vampires or like the counting thing? Do you know about the counting? The counting thing. Yeah. So you went over this a little bit during the live read, I think. And I told you there's already a, a, a vampire that counts and yeah. it's on Sesame Street. <laughs> and you'll get sued by Jim Henson Company immediately. <laughs> I can't wait. I can't wait. I need, I need to meet everyone. Involved. That's good publicity. That's good publicity right there. It you is. can't buy that type of publicity. But it's like I wanted because like in the in the movie, I want to go over as many of like the popular and like lesser known uh, vampire legends and tropes, you know, it, it, as many as I can, that'll be, that that can fit in a reasonable way. And like, we, we go into the, 
the fact that vampires have to stop and count or supposedly have to stop and count everything that, you know, is, is dropped on the floor in front of them. If that were true though, that would be such a game breaking thing for exactly. literally every vampire ever. Exactly. exactly. And that's why like, so in the, in the, like, that's why it's one of my favorite scenes because like my character in it like knows this thing. It's just like, ha, here's the thing that like, I have this vampire hunting kit and in it, there's a satchel of rice and I'm going to like, like I have this, like it's going to work. Here we are. And I chuck <laughs> And I want it to be like this like grand moment where it slowly flies through the air and we're like, this is gonna work. And it just like crashes at the feet of the vampires and they just walk right over it. And I'm just like, and we just it just it creates this like really funny moment between Steven and I where I'm like, they need to start to stop to count it a little. And he's like, Yeah, rude. <laughs> it's just like this, you know, it's just so like funny. stop and crouch down and like pick up a grain of rice, and you're like, Yes, it's working, and then they just throw it on the ground. <laughs> yeah, I like I there were a few moments where I was like, okay, it would be kind of funny if it just if, what if I threw it and it didn't open? Because then it was like, then the vampires could be like, one. And just like, keep on. <laughs> so do, like, do you have to tell them to count it? Or do they just see a large number of things and then they have to stop and count it? I th- like I think historically they just if there's just like it's like a rain man situation if they drop they have to be like ah 27 toothpicks or whatever it may be you know like I think they have to be like ah like right. like a, a leprechaun has to co- you know compulsively has to clean shoes that you throw with them which they never go back to in the leprechaun movies like just what are you doing man it worked in the first ones like talk to someone who survived that movie you know it's critical knowledge to have it really is like how do you not and and that's i mean it's kind of like what i like playing with in this movie is like the knowledge we have versus what actually works in the world we're in you know because that's what's kind of the fun of all the monster myths is like depending on who's writing or where the myth is you know taking place that's what's going to be active or not you know like lost boys has their own set of rules that doesn't it just doesn't work in interview with the vampire you know so it's right you know, and Ant's character just gets this information from watching pop culture, watching movies, watching TV shows. Exactly. And it's, you know, so, and I, like, my favorite, uh, my favorite moment in any given monster movie is when you're, like, or same thing with superhero movies. Like, when when a character has to learn how to use a particular thing. Like, I love the discovery moments, you know? Like, like Tobey Maguire. Go in. Go in. Go Like that. Like, dude, like, those yeah. moments, like, 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 Nothing gives me goosebumps like watching Superman try to fly for the first time, like watching him run faster and faster, doing the leap, doing a bigger leap. And then suddenly he's just like off. And I'm just like, oh, it's amazing watching that happen. If you just like cut to Superman's already flying, like, okay, cool. It's cool watching someone fly, but it doesn't have that same moment that we all like imagine, you know, like I because like, you know, you have you you build up to that with human moments that we all, you know, uh, you know, relate to. Um, Similarly, like we all can relate to having this knowledge of these monsters but what would actually work in the moment we don't know you know so it's it's fun to explore that gwen asks what is something you have wildly unfounded confidence about like something you believe with no prep or practice you'd be able to uh do with a reasonable degree of confidence what do you think sean is this just anything or is it something that i i've never done but i'm confident i could do yeah it says i mean she says anything um she says for example I, for example, I think I'd be excellent at surfing, but I have zero evidence to back it up. So just somebody... Okay, so yeah, so it's more like I've never done this thing, but I feel like I could do it I feel in like a situation. Can. Yeah, I feel like I could ride a motorcycle off of a big ramp, like a big oh, jump, and I can nail the landing. I don't know why. Yeah, never, never actually rode a, an actual full size motorcycle. Man, I just feel like I could pull it off, like Evil Can Evil that shit. I love that. I, I like. I like to imagine that you could and would. And that it would be the most epic moment. I don't have that particular, uh, like, I, I don't I don't suffer that delusion that you're currently suffering. Sean. Listen, I say that right now sitting in front of my computer. But if I swung my leg over that motorcycle and saw the ramp in front of me, I'd be like, you know what? Actually, probably not. Okay. But so from like, where I'm sitting, from where I'm sitting, oh, yeah. I feel great about it. Oh, 100%. Dude, <laughs> so that, that just conjured, like, like just like unlocked a core memory for me so i don't know i don't even know if i've told this memory on or the story on the podcast but when i was younger i was walking home from school right i was in middle school my brother used to get home from school before me so he was in elementary school they got out a little earlier than me my school started a little later 
he would get out early and we had like these bike ramps, like, like just like, you know, dirt ramps that people made where like we go over these little jumps and stuff. Um, so I'm, I'm walking home from school and I look over and I see my brother, you know, just riding his bike and like going over these little like dirt ramps, you know, with his friends. And I stop and I'm just like watching him. And I noticed that like there are a bunch of kids kind of congregating and someone had dug a huge pit and created these two ramps with a huge pit in the middle. And I was like, I was like, is and anyone doing it? Threw a gator in there, obviously, because you're yeah. in Florida. Yeah, yeah of yeah. course. That's, I mean, they were naturally in there. Like, as we dug, yeah, yeah. We, we kept unveiling more gators. They just, they were just, gators. They just gators. live underground. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's, that's, Perfect. They come from the core of the earth, you know. Um, so, like, you know, so, <laughs> so I was like, is anyone doing it? And my brother's like, no, nah, no one's going to do that. We're all we're all too scared to do it. I was like, I'll do it. <laughs> like, just hell yeah. I was like, I'll do it. So I grabbed my brother's bike and I just start pedaling as fast as I can toward this, this giant jump with gator pits and everything. And dude, I have the worst slow motion. This is a mistake moment. And during this, as I reach the, just the summit of this first jump, the handlebars on my brother's bike, as I go to pull up, fall forward. So, John, when I tell you, when I tell you in front of this group of younger kids, just this large group of kids all watching me confidently and idiotically pedal with just, just this unearned confidence toward this, this steep hill and just dude. And when I tell you, I didn't ET at all. Not for one moment was I like flying like confidently or like comfortably. I, as the handlebars fell, just with <laughs> just flew through the air myself. <laughs> like I left the bike behind. I left and just... the bike completely. Shot as the bike. So the bike goes. <laughs> I leave the bike completely. I'm just like do 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 do. Flying through the air, falling with style, falling with style, dude. I land just like face first in the dirt, and as I land, I'm skidding. I turn, and the bike lands on top of me, upside down. Did you land in the gator pit, or did you? No, I made it to the other side. Like yes, yeah, nailed it. I I landed. I did it. I I crossed that gator. I wasn't gonna get eaten by those gators, Sean. Not me. Incredible. (laughs) but yeah dude that was so funny and like i just like i had just this rash and just cuts up my face and i was just like and i went to my brother and i just pushed his bike over and i was like you have to tighten your handlebars dude and i I was like they i'll fix it later and i just like walked home um incredible but the thing i would do i don't know it's really hard for me because like i feel like I, i had this like I have like a jack of all trades thing, you know, where I'm like, I don't know, like anything I would say of like, I don't know, I could probably give a TED talk on a lot of random stuff, but I feel like I also talk a lot. So that's practice. It's too pra- too much practice, I think. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I like, what could I do? What would be your TED talk thing though? Like what would be the one topic that you feel like you could go out and do a clean 20 minutes on and get a standing out at the end? Ooh, okay. Um, I feel like I could probably do like insecurity. I feel like I could do like insecurities as a self-fulfilling prophecy. Right, like I feel like I could do that one because I—that's just true. <laughs> like I could, I could, like I could nail it. I like I, I have enough experience, or I'm like I, I've been living this for 38 years. I don't think I talk about it for you know 20 minutes or whatever. Um, but like I feel like you know what, like something that I don't know about, but I feel like I, I'd be really good at for no reason. And and like I, I'm not a good liar, and I'm not, I, I don't necessarily have a great poker face. I feel like I could be a professional poker player. I feel like I'd sit down at the table, and just like. I don't even know, Sean, I'll tell you how unearned this confidence is. I don't even okay. know what beats what in poker. Like, I, I, that's how little I know about the game of, I know there are five cards most of the time, sometimes more. Um, but so yeah. So the, the, the meta right now is, and has been for a long time, Texas Hold'em, which means you have two cards in your hand, okay. but you, you can use any combination of three cards from the five that are on the table for everyone to use to create okay. your five up to a five card hand. Interesting. I could, yeah, yes. I can nail that. I 100%. So I think you're, you're, you're relying on convincing everyone at the table that your hand is better than theirs without even having to show it to them. Yeah. I, th- I, I 
feel yeah. I feel like I would bring enough uncertainty and chaotic energy and uh, misplaced confidence to to nail it. I, I'm pretty sure. I would just love to see you like showing your hand and like making up the names of hands. Like, <laughs> I got three jackrabbits, baby. Read them and weep. <laughs> They're like, what? <laughs> I mean, that's, I mean, I probably would end up doing it. Like, that's what it's like uh, playing anything with a, a, a nine year old. You know, like my, my son is very much like the, it's like a big daddy where he's like, I yeah, win. Yeah. Why do you win? Because I win. This is bullshit. This is bullshit. Why he always Same win? time. He wins every time. Different hand every time. So, Paige asked, uh, where would you store your extra clothes if you were a werewolf? Would you have a whole system worked out? Of course, I'd have a whole system worked out. I mean, I like it's it's guys, guys it's so simple. Yeah, you just wear clothes that are three to four sizes too big for you. Yeah, then they don't tear when you transform, and then when you transform back, you're just some dude who wears big clothes. Yeah, and not to mention, you get to just be like a clothed werewolf. You know how cool that is? You get to be yeah. that guy, that wolf. And not only that, I'm going to wear like a freaking Flavor Flav clock when I'm a werewolf. He's not going to get that <laughs> shit yeah, off. Dude. It's going to be the best. He's going to know what time it is. It's going to have a little moon on it that goes around and tells him exactly what time it is. It's perfect. Um, not to mention, I'll tell you, like, I would definitely create a situation in which, like, I have silver uh, chains or, you know, something to, that would... That would like bind me you know like i I i'd bind myself in like a safe place where like my clothes could stay just in my house if i you know like i don't have to go anywhere because i feel like every situation i've ever seen in a movie where a a werewolf is like i'm gonna go out into the woods and like let this happen naturally it ends horribly like there's never been one where they're like oh yeah this is gonna work out you know like any of them ever end well though like no that's true and i I feel like I, you know what though? I feel like it's because that's that's why we're seeing those particular movies. Like all of the werewolves that are just having like living a ghost. Those ones are boring. Life, they're boring. You don't want to watch it. Like you know, you don't. Wanna, that's not like Dude. that's that's why horror movies exist, and everyone in them has to. You want them to die because they're so. You terrible. went to a werewolf movie and you were expecting something like horrifying, and the whole time it was just like some guy who was responsibly being a werewolf. Yes. <laughs> like, I mean, well, like. I mean, it's kind of like Teen Wolf, right? Like you, you get to see like the dad yeah. from Teen Wolf. Like I, I, but that, but I, I do like the idea of just someone. It's like it would end up just being like a like a low key indie feature where it's just like it's a guy, it's a guy just like swiping on dating apps, taking the bus yeah. to work. Like he has like mm. like normal troubles, and then it's just like a small chunk of the movie. It just happens to be the full moon. He has very strict hours. He can work, <laughs> yeah. but he's a good employee, and he always shows up on time. Uh, yeah. Like for me, I want to, I would want to like smart Hulk myself if I were a werewolf. Like oh, yeah. I, I would dedicate oh. my life to science and figure out a way so that I could transform, but still have my oh, mental consciousness. consciousness. Oh gosh, yeah. absolutely. If I mean, if that were the case, I like, I mean, imagine, imagine accidentally like hulking it. Like imagine switching the consciousness. Like that's something. <laughs> no, no. How funny would that be in the Hulk? Consciousness in your human body. Yes. Yes. Like how funny. Like, how, like whoops, what? got the wires crossed. Okay, how funny would that be if they did that with the Hulk, where Bruce Banner's just like smash. He's just like this like hundred and sixty pound like scientist nerd who's walking around like smash things. <laughs> and then like you know like and then he gets real mad. You know then like he calms down because he goes to sleep or whatever. And then suddenly <laughs> he grows into this like behemoth who's just like. I need to figure out how to switch our consciousness back. <laughs> He's just in the lab. Are I, you listening, Disney Plus? This is what the, we want to see. This Give the people what they want. Give the people what they want, please. Um, let me see. Okay, she said, uh, what's your favorite version of Dracula and why? Do you have a favorite version of Dracula? Dracula dead and loving it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, but I feel like that movie is like criminally underappreciated for just like, a is. few scenes. Like, I mean, obviously it's goofy as heck, but like, the, my one of my favorite scenes in the whole movie is when he's trying when Leslie Nielsen is trying to get uh the woman to stand up using like his mind his you know yeah. so he's like you stand up and then like the uh the other woman stands up and he goes no no sit down and the other one sits down <laughs> and, and he can't figure it out and he's talking to both women at the same time and it's just like oh the movie it's so so stupid and perfect and I I love it. I love the uh, like the absurd amount of blood in it. When they when they stick the vampire, yeah. it's just like all the blood keeps coming out. Oh, it's so good. Um, my favorite, I think, is uh the the what do you call it? The Monster Squad. Like I I think that's that's my favorite Dracula, and I I know it's not like the classic Dracula. It's not you know like the Lugosi. It's not uh you know uh, there's there there have been a lot of really cool 
uh well, like christopher lee there have been a lot of really cool draculas but like christopher lee, yeah yeah but i but i don't know monster squad has always been like my dracula and honestly sincerely those those versions of all of the monsters are kind of my favorite like it's my favorite wolfman my favorite uh creature like you know it's, yeah. they're kind of my favorite hotel transylvania <laughs> <laughs> just adam sandler oh yeah. man all right let's see so he, she says what's the progress update for the comic we're drawing it. No, uh, Steven, Steven's actually, he's starting to make some really good progress. I've finished and zero pages this week. Sean has sorry. unfortunately not done his thing. Uh, my side of it, I completely finished writing all of issue three. Uh, I've outlined all of issue four and I've, I'm on like page five as far as writing or so. But I'm getting I'm getting a significant chunk of page four done or uh, I'm sorry, issue four done. But uh, issue three is like coming together and Steven's drawings are so good and just keep getting better and like i feel like he's he really he, he's on break now obviously he's on vacation in new york new jersey and i kind of feel like he needed it so i'm glad he's taking it you know and i feel yeah. like he's gonna come back kind of like reinvigorated and like we're gonna get it done which supernatural creature would be best for eating twitter trolls sean what do you think for eating twitter trolls yeah i mean how can you go wrong with a werewolf we were just talking about it yeah. like i mean i like i I'd like an intelligent werewolf to eat the Twitter troll. Uh, I mean, uh, all you're going to do is show the werewolf like a trolley tweet. Just let it sniff it a little bit and then let it loose. You know what I mean? It's just like any well-trained dog. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. Like, I feel like it would be hurting itself because like that would be the silver lining of the troll interaction. (laughs) (laughs) No, Uh, I, yeah, I, it's funny. Speaking of silver linings of troll interactions though, like, Recently, I made a silly post. I was literally, Sean, I was in bed. I was in bed. Woke up. Yep. I was like, eyes barely open. It's a weekend. So I'm not like rushing out of bed. I'm like, yeah, it's early. I'm, I am I post some silly thing about how like I wish I could call my coffee and just be like, like the way uh, the witch from uh, Hocus Pocus calls it to her book, you know? And like, I was like, I wish it would be like my Molnir. And this random troll just decided to be Ooh. like, like, just, just like show up. And I be saw like, that guy. I saw that guy. Fuck that guy. He was like, oh, yeah, if this is a sample of your writing, then thanks yeah. for saving me the trouble or something like that. Yeah, yeah. He used the, he used my, like, silly joke morning tweet that I posted, like, in bed just as a, like, just a goofy tweet as an example of why I'm a bad writer. And I was just like, you're a bad person. This is terrible. So anyway, Sean, I normally don't do this, but I just, like, screenshotted it and I, like, posted my response to him. And... Mm-hmm. Dude, it got so much attention and I ended up getting like all these new followers. Now I have 16,000 followers and like all this stuff. And I was just like, this is great. And then he ended up deleting his, his profile. Like he ended up deleting his account. Did he delete his profile? Yeah, oh my God, I didn't account. see that. Um, and it was I, just, all, I think it was, he clearly fucking exposed himself with yeah. that horrible take. And like, even if he felt that way, there was literally no reason to say it oh. in a fucking quote tweet. No. And like, it was, dude, it was so funny. And like, and it was, you know, like for me, I like my response to him was simply just like, there. This is an unhinged response to my tweet. Uh, is an easy block. And I was like, yeah. this, is, this is stupid. And that was all I was ever going to say to him. And then I was like, I see. Uh, and I learned other things from other people, like you know, rec- like interacting with that. He has a reputation as an asshole. He basically. does. Not only yeah. that, but then like Rance uh, found his writing and was like, his published writing had a very obvious, not just typo, just like just blatant yeah. mistake in it like like unedited you know like like now look listen i would never i love rant so much i love rant so much too dude every time he's on your show i'm just like oh i freaking i'm so glad i love this guy <laughs> uh, i do i love Rance. he's he's one of those guys like he's one of those people i don't get a chance to interact with a lot personally so then like when i see him i'm like but i always feel like it's it's like a delicious course so i'm like yes i freaking love yeah, yeah. i love it i love i love everything he has going on um but and it's also funny because like it's it's different from me as far as like a personality type. I was like, I don't yeah. I don't respond to people that way most of the time. I'm not very combative anymore. Like Same. I like when I was when I was younger, I would that was exactly what I did. Like when I was like in high school, and Steven knows it. And like I it took me a while to like kind of like just turn from that and be like, I'm gonna try to focus on other things. I'm gonna like my response to that guy most of the time, I just block people and I just mm, I like 
I, you know, I don't need a, an echo chamber, but I'd prefer one, you know, like, I don't, like, I definitely, I definitely don't need that, you know, like, it's the, like, I'm, I'm okay with my world being slightly smaller if that guy, you know, isn't in it. Uh, but, but Rance posted that and I was just like, I never would have said anything about that had I seen that guy's writing, but it's so funny to like, be, to see that after someone attacks you, you know, like yeah. after the fact, I'm like, he's attacking me personally and my writing that he's never read and won't read and doesn't care about. I'm just like, what a weird troll feed him to a werewolf please and then a yeah. werewolf ate him and he deleted his profile yeah uh okay so sean where can the people find you uh you can find me on twitter at chase holdu you can find my show don't make it weird uh hosted by my friends daniel and dina on youtube at dmiw podcast new episodes are posted every monday Oh, dude, thank you so much. Thank you for, for joining. Otherwise, I was just going to sit here and ramble on about werewolves and nipples or whatever else. <laughs> Come on. I, I, like, I, I only have so much of that in me. I have to save it because I don't know if people can tolerate it that much. So it's like, it's so, it's always a pleasure to talk to you, dude. Uh, thank you so much. I, I hope, I hope uh, when we get our movie going, maybe we'll, we'll, we'll get on your show somehow to, to promote it. Cause I, you're one of uh, our best friends and the, the people who have like, I don't know. That's where I feel the most comfortable. I know the parking situation of your show, you know, I don't, I don't panic as much. You have a, you have an actual, a dedicated spot with a little <laughs> plaque. That says yeah. it, makes me feel, it makes me feel yeah. a lot better. No. And like, you know, it's it like, and to the credit of like our relationship, uh, like I didn't feel like I didn't have the same amount of nerves I normally do when talking to people you know before we started doing this i was still a little nervous um you know but but it was it was it's every better. time yeah it's you know but it was much better i feel better um but yeah dude thank you thank you so much and thank you all for listening if you made it this far in the episode please please go and subscribe to don't make a weird podcast i'll post all the links below uh they really are amazing they're so funny if anything just skip ahead to the cringy copulations you know segment if you have to uh, you at know, the very I least watch all the episodes that anthony and steven were on it's like three <laughs> yeah, or four yeah. at this point yeah, it's true. If you made it this far in our show because you like what we do, you're definitely going to like our appearance on, on or our appearances on that show. Uh, Steven is Steven. Anytime Steven just like gets set on fire. And like when that happens, like like funny Steven is like my favorite person in the world. Like it's crazy. It's it's like it's so nuts. Like when we were on like Talking Tremors podcast and Steven started hitting his like stride, I was like, ooh, I'm sitting back here. Like I'm just going to watch this happen. Dude. Blueberry wine, Stephen, from the last time you guys oh, yeah. were on our show, was was peak Stephen for me. Dude, oh, it's he's so <laughs> perfect. I can't like I I miss him and he's so great. But like it was incredible talking to you, dude. Thank you so much for joining. Um, thank you for the invite. Yeah, yeah, of course. But anyway, um, thank you all for watching. I'm Anthony. And I'm Sean, and this has been We Have Issues. We'll see you next time. Someone has to say boom. <laughs> boom. Before every show, I say, all right, Stephen, is there anything that you'd like to talk about this week? Every week, without fail, 180 weeks in a row, Stephen said, um, nah. No. <laughs> well, I guess I, I answered correctly then. <laughs> it's always amazing. Yeah, I uh, I figured I would um, not prepare anything at all just because yeah. i didn't have to so yeah you really don't it's always um, it's always best that way i prefer like steven you know like i i outline everything i figure we'll talk about and you know it's just it's i just throw it to steven it just works so yeah yeah um i'm not gonna make you do songs or anything like that oh, i did gosh. prepare several songs i guess i'll just throw those out oh, yeah, I'm, gonna, uh, I'm gonna need you to throw those right in the garbage yes. <laughs> I know you don't know this, but Stephen only uh, sings like pre-prepared songs that I write the lyrics to. <laughs> like, you know, people think, oh, it's oh, you know, like, okay. off the top of his head. Not the case. I write verbatim. Actually, every episode we have is meticulously scripted, <laughs> except for when we have guests. Um, Even case, all the ums and likes and all that, that's all yeah, in the script. It, that's that's my second draft is just specifically adding ums. That's what I do. Like I, people, Oh, people, is that what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Is that what punching it up means? You just That's go through I, yeah. and add more natural like pauses I, and and yeah. Oh my god! Okay. Yeah, 